Welcome to the show. My name is James Nielsen Watt, and in this show, we interview interesting, inspiring, and successful people so you can learn the secrets to success and can play the game of life, business, health, and happiness better. And the philosophy we take here is if I'm leveling up my game, you get to level up yours as well. So get ready to listen to some inspiring people who have figured out how to have success in all areas of life, health, happiness, wealth, business. We're gonna be interviewing them in this show so that you can learn the secrets to success that they share with practical advice that you can take and use today. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, and please share it with your friends because if I can help you and you can help others, then we can help more people together and we can all level up our game together. In this episode, we're speaking with Arman Sadegi. Arman is the founder of Titanium Success, a master business coach, keynote speaker, and published business author with over 25 years of experience as a CEO. After retiring from running the day-to-day of his own companies, he's focused exclusively on helping successful CEOs attain an even higher level of success in their businesses. He's also a neuroscientist from the University of California at Berkeley and Harvard Medical School. At both universities, he gained the knowledge and passion for a healthy mind, body, and spirit, driving his love for coaching through his business, Titanium Success. Welcome to the show, Arman. Good to have you on, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. We were talking about some interesting things in the pre-show, and I'd love to kind of jump into those uh, straight away. But to give our audience some context, tell us a bit about you and your background. And, and I know that you went to, you, you studied neurobiology, you went to medical school, but decided to, to pull out. Tell us that journey and then tell us about Titanium Success. Absolutely. Well, my journey kind of started when um, I was about 15 years old in high school and um, I had learned a lot about um, computers at the time. And so between the age of 15 and 16, I decided to drop out of high school and start an IT business. Um, this was in the early 1990s. And so I started a computer company fairly quickly. I was um, I attained a certain level of success where my parents were okay with letting me leave high school with the promise that one day I would go back and get a college degree. Fairly quickly, my business was doing well. I was able to move out of my parents' house, get my own place, and um, really be fairly financially well off for, for a 16-year-old kid. And um, I did that for about three years and had uh, a mediocre level of success in business, um, enough that I thought I was a multi-billionaire in my mind, but far from it. <laughs> but um, at one point, I, I realized that you know, my education was more important. So um, after about three or four years um, out of school, I decided to go back to school. And so I took this journey where I went back to school, having already been an entrepreneur and pursued uh, getting my degree. And my passion has always been uh, human beings. And um, whether it's it's on a physical level, you know, healthcare and things like that, or on a, on a level of trying to understand human beings and how they function and why they do what they do and, and, and the crazy things that sometimes we, uh, we get ourselves into. Mm. And uh, so that's what got me attracted to neurobiology. Um, and my intention was to, uh, to go to school and, and become a physician. And then between undergrad and medical school, I took a couple of years off and again, sort of got sucked back into the business world and started a couple more businesses and couldn't get myself back out. But eventually I did and went off to medical school um, and did about two and a half years at Harvard, which was some of the most incredible times of my life. And for various reasons, including personal and professional, I transitioned out of Harvard and uh, decided to go back in the business world. And that's when I started the company that's now my biggest company, my recycling company. I've now had it for over 15 years. Since then, I've, I've started multiple other businesses. In some cases, I continue to be involved. And in, in many cases, I'm not involved on a day-to-day basis. But 
it's, uh, you know, my, my journey has been all about starting businesses uh, that I know nothing about often, or I know a little bit about, and then figuring out how to make the business get to a point where it can run without my day-to-day involvement so that I can run off and go start another business, or I can, um, I can focus on family and being a father and, and, and all of those other things that are, that are mm. just as important to me as any kind of uh, uh, other success in life. Okay. And now you're helping uh, other CEOs to be able to level up as well, right? Absolutely. At one point, you know, I realized that I had a sort of a secret sauce that a lot of other people hadn't figured out. And that was how do you build a business that can run without you? And it started out as often the things like this do with people who knew me coming to me and asking me for advice and guidance and, and saying, gosh, you know, how do you do that? How do you have this company that, you know, you used to be involved in 80 to hundred hours a week, and now it's doing just as well, but you're only involved, let's say five hours a week. How does that happen? Or how do you get to travel so much? And as I got into that, I realized that, gosh, I have something that I can really share with the world. And so mm. I got into setting up these seminars where I'd have three to 500 people come in, a lot of them CEOs, uh, uh, successful business owners, and some of them, you know, young entrepreneurs who are trying to get a start. And so that was the root of Titanium Success. So then at one point, I was able to write my book, which allowed me to touch a bigger audience. And uh, one of the things that very quickly started to happen is a lot of physicians who are already successful in their own businesses and other CEOs in, in other industries um, started to come to me to look for that one-on-one coaching and guidance. And so I was blessed to have these two different outlets where one, I could have three to 500 people in a room and um, you know spending three to six days with them, if you can believe that, going over all kinds of different things and, and realizing that most business owners um, or CEOs we're not just focused on what they need to do in the business to have success uh, because in order for them to be successful in their businesses and take their business to the next level, often there were a lot of personal factors. And so a big part of, um, you know, the start of my book talks about how you are the most important ingredient in your business and, and you include your health. It includes your fitness. It includes the way you feel about yourself. It includes your mindset. If you're a father like I am, and I know you are as well, it includes your relationship with your kids and, and, and what kind of a father you are, what kind of a husband or wife you are. And, and all of those things play a, a huge part in your business because at the end of the day, you know, if, if a business is, is a recipe, you're the most important ingredient, especially at the time that uh, folks are coming to me to say, take their business that has 15 employees to, to that next level where they, you know, they want to get to 30 or 50 or, you know, double their revenues and things like that. And so it, it really gave me a unique opportunity to take the things that I had implemented in my own life and in my own businesses and share them with other people. And the reason I was able to do it is because I had gone into so many different industries, random industries that had nothing to do with each other, like, um, say, IT or um, recycling and then, uh, you know, marketing and, and all these different things that literally have nothing to do with each other, restaurants and, and, and nightclubs and things like that. So I could talk to anyone in any industry and very quickly connect with them and understand what the gaps were in their businesses. And of course, that led me to understand that, you know, 95% of what you need to succeed in a business makes absolutely no difference what industry you're in. Um, and although a lot of the folks coming to me were doctors and, and they had medical practices because they would see that I attended Harvard Medical School and that would attract them to me, I very quickly realized that the, the guidance I'm providing a business owner is rarely changing depending on the industry that they're in. Yeah, I think what's what's really interesting about that is when you're, when you're thinking about, for me, and I don't wanna digress too much here, but like for me in my life, for me in my business, it's always looking at what's the outcome 
And then mm-hmm. how am I facilitating that outcome? And for me, the one of the biggest things that I did, taking kind of from your example, was I hired somebody to to clean our house. I had somebody to take care of cooking for us, things like that. And I looked at it and I thought, well, I'm if I'm the most important person in my kid's life, then mm-hmm. me spending time cleaning or cooking, especially if I don't enjoy it, is taking time away from my kids and my kids need me. Same thing in my business. If I'm spending time cleaning instead of doing things that are going to get revenue, which is going to pay my staff or help my clients, then that is taking away from my clients and my staff. And so I started to look at myself as a part of this business, just like an employee where I've got to help them to be more efficient. If my employees don't have what they need to be able to do their jobs, then they're not going to be efficient. It's not going to help the business. And and because when I when I used to think about it, it was like, you know, who do you who do you think you are getting a cleaner and someone to cook your meals? Like, come on, hustle, do it. You know what I mean? Save the money. And and I, and then I started listening to some people and learning some stuff. I'm like, I can't save money to get to wealth. I can't you know, I can't do everything. That makes no sense. I need to be doing the things that matter to produce the outcome. And if if cleaning is not part of it, right, maybe it was at the start, but it's definitely not now and it's now in the way. Yeah. Let's get it out of the way and focus on how do I facilitate this person, James, almost in the third person to be the better leader that the company needs, that the kids need, that my wife needs so that we can achieve the outcomes I want. You know what I mean? It's It was a, it was a trippy way of thinking about it for me and it, it changed everything. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the way I look at that is uh, something that, that I find very important for most CEOs is, you know, the, the number one is what we want is I don't have enough time. And then at the same time, uh, when it comes to CEOs, it's almost believable, right? We can almost believe it when a business owner who has 15, 20 employees or whatever it is, when they say, I don't have enough time to take care of my body. I don't have enough time to be a good father or mother. I don't have enough time to, you know, travel, whatever. We almost believe them. And, and in many cases, people do believe them. Well, I don't because at the end of the day, life is all about choices. And um, there are a lot of hours in every day, 24 hours in a day, 168 hours in a week. And so you have enough hours to do everything that you want. The question is, what do you choose to spend your hours doing? Um, in your case, you're talking about, let's say, cleaning and cooking. In a lot of other cases, it's uh, it's other things that people spend their time doing, right? A lot of times people spend a lot of time just sort of like passively doing something, but they're not actively engaged. So they'll be like, oh, well, tonight, you know, I was with the kids for four hours. Well, were you really with the kids for four hours or were you like, watching the the game on TV, playing on your phone and your kids happen to be in the same room. Because Mm -hmm. I bet you, if you were to spend an hour engaged with your kids and I know you have young kids. So, you know, I talk, talk about it being floor time. It's like, I want to know how many hours you spent with your kids with your knees on the ground and no phone within, within reach. That's how many hours you spent with your kids. You know, the time you spend with your kids where, you know, you're, you're the TV's on or you're walking around or whatever that doesn't count. Right. And so it, it becomes a lot of uh, what you talked about is, is finding these areas that you can you can save time, right? That cleaning and, 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 and cooking, let's say. But then the question is, where do you now invest that time? Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to save it here, but then now are we investing it in watching more television, right? Which um, I, I've learned from other people is, uh, is called the uh, electronic income reducer, right? And so are we watching television or are we putting that time into use like, like uh, spending more time with the kids or putting more time into our business, or maybe it's going to the gym, or maybe it's, it's educating ourselves, you know, listening to more podcasts, reading more books, whatever it is. But the people who are able to create that efficiency in their lives now with every little thing you cut out, you're, you're literally, you know, getting 10 X your, your uh, return on investment, because if someone car charges you, 
whatever it is, you know, in the US, if they charge you $100 to clean your house, and in return for the time you get in that for that $100, if you're a business owner, guaranteed, you can produce 1000 or $10,000 in, in income for your company. And so as long as you're managing that well, then uh, it's a great formula. And it does incredible things so that you can have the life that you've always wanted being a great parent being a having a great body, taking great care of your business, and at the same time, having fun and enjoying life as well. There's so many good points here. Uh, I want to dive into a couple of them. The first for me is is like your circle of focus, right? Mm-hmm. You can't, there's no such thing as multitasking. It's bullshit. You are just splitting your focus between two things and giving them 50-50. And if you're doing 10, it's 10% on each. And I think that too many of us overestimate our ability to multitask and get lots of things done that we 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 just end up half-assing everything. Uh, and I see that a lot. People, you know, they want to do extra stuff as if that's going to make a difference. It's like saying, I'm going to work out you know, 12 hours a day instead of, you know, 10 instead of three. And it's like, maybe you could just be more efficient by focusing on doing it properly because there is, there is diminishing returns on extra effort and diminishing returns on focus. The other thing is really looking at time like money, like how, how many people, and for those listening, like how many of you guys try and save money by not spending on things? even when it makes no sense. Like I'm not going to spend on this course or this coach or this whatever um, or buy this book, even though it's going to produce infinite return because you want to save the money because you think you need the money. But then first of all, you don't do that with your time because you don't think about time like a resource, like money, and you then don't spend it efficiently either. Like you said, you're better off with your spending an hour with your kids floor time then you are spending three hours half-assing it, being on your phone and you're just there. Your kid's got way less from it. Same with your spouse. Imagine if you were, deep example, imagine if you were, you know, you were being intimate with your partner for an hour, two hours, but you were not really present and you weren't really doing anything versus doing it properly. Like, are they gonna? Are they gonna enjoy it? Are they gonna? Is it gonna be intimate? Like, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna make any sense. It's like working out and going to the gym and being on your phone. Just go there and work out. And I think when we think about it like that, allocation of the resources efficiently and focus and 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 how we're how we're focused. I think that's so important. I've been I've been deep on this lately, looking at time as just like money. I've been investing in a lot of different things and thinking about how, uh, like, the more money you generate, you start to realize I can't just hold it in cash because it depreciates. I can't just put it into one asset because you know the US dollar might go up or down and gold and, and all these economies. And I'm super beginner at this, but I've started to think of time like that too. Put time in as that resource. And it's time as that resource you don't get back, as they all say, time's that resource that we all get equally. It's literally how you use it. What, what do you think stops people from really like embodying this and actually doing it? Because I, I immediately hear the excuses in my head from, from others, like people saying things like, well, it's easy to say that it's hard to do. I need to watch TV because it, you know, it helps me relax or blah, blah, blah. What do you think is a way to, to catch yourself doing that and then to pivot and start changing it? Absolutely. You know, this is, this is one of those key things that, that you get to, which is why when I started doing my seminars, they were three days long 
And then eventually they turned into a six day seminar because I realized one of the key things was in three days, I was teaching everyone what they needed to do to have incredible success in their business. But then I realized they didn't have the time management sources to be able to get those things done. And so then I added a day dedicated to time management and then two additional days for other things, but sticking specifically to time, number one is just awareness, right? Most people don't think about the fact that you have 168 hours in a week. And let's assume you're sleeping eight hours a day. I don't sleep eight hours a day. I'm good with five to six. And But if I am sleeping eight hours a day, you think about, okay, that's still what? Eight times seven is 56. You still have over 110 hours left in your week, right? And even if you're working eight hour, uh, you know, 40 hours a week, let's say, that still leaves you with another 50 some hours. So the question is, what are you choosing to put that time into? And when we talk about certain things, like uh, one of the exercises I'll do with people is I'll tell them, I'll get out a paper and pen and I'll say, tell me how you spent your, your, your time the last week. And it's incredible to see that when people start to do an inventory of where their time has gone, they typically cannot account for over 30% of their time. They have no idea where it went because you're like, how much did you sleep? And they'll tell you, how much did you eat this? I'm like, how much did it time to get ready and drive time and work and this and that? And it's like, okay, where did the other hours go? And they have no clue because, because they really don't know where it went. And that's where the inventory uh, comes in, right? Just as you need to inventory your money and it's easy with bank accounts and you know uh, things like that because they give you those numbers. But when it comes to your time, a lot of people don't inventory it. So they have no idea where their time is going. So is it okay to watch television? Well, yeah, I watch television, but the way I watch it is very different, right? I don't, I don't have the thing where I sit on the couch and then I start clicking the channels and allowing the television to guide me in terms of what I'm going to do next. And I don't have the television running in the background because just as you said, you know, uh, trying to multitask is not really a thing. So if I'm making breakfast for the kids in the morning and trying to spend time with them, but then, you know, that news is on in the background in reality, I'm, I'm giving some of my attention to the news or to the ball game that's on. And, uh, and that doesn't make sense, right? So what I'd rather do is go, okay, if I am going to watch television, what is it that I want to watch? Oh, there's a show I really like. Okay, I'm willing to dedicate three hours a week to this show. Or gosh, I really love this sports team. And okay, I'm willing to dedicate two hours a week to this sports team. So now for one, there's awareness. Now you, you, you sit there and you go, okay, it, I love the sports team. You know, I, I live in Los Angeles and I love the Los Angeles Lakers, but it's like when you, when I started looking at it and going, my gosh, nine hours of my week is going to watching these games. Okay. I love the Lakers, but I don't love them that much because I, you know, I didn't give my kids nine hours this week. Right. And especially when you count it the way I do is that floor time. Right. And so you start to make these realizations just by, 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 sort of tracking those those numbers, which I call key performance indicators or KPIs. And um, it applies to your business. It applies to your personal life. It applies to everything in life. And then the next thing is, okay, well, why are you watching television? And for a lot of people, it's relaxation. It's time to like shut off. And then I go, well, is that the best way to get that result? You mentioned yourself, you have to know your outcome, right? So if your outcome is relaxing and unwinding, is the television really the best way of getting that? Is it the most efficient way? Is it the most relaxing thing? Or is it just like the one that you've gotten used to and it's the easiest way? So, you know, I happen to live, uh, you know, uh, within a four minute walk of the beach. So for me, if I need to relax and unwind, I'm better off just walking down to the beach and sitting on a rock somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And so understanding what your goal is, or maybe it's entertainment you're trying to get out of it. So as a business owner, let's say, you know, I'm trying to get entertainment out of watching sports. Well, I do okay financially, right? Am I better off sitting there and watching three hours of a, of a game, three nights a week, or am I better off going to one game a week? 
right? And so now I'm investing, let's say, in 30 minutes driving to 30 minutes driving back, three hours of the game, but I'm getting to experience the game at mm. such a deeper level, right? So if you understand the outcome, now you can pick and choose what, what are better ways of getting that outcome. And really, the, the, it all starts with that awareness of you have 168 hours in a week. I challenge everyone watching this and listening to this to go do an inventory of where did they put those 168 hours. And if you're claiming you don't have enough time for the gym, for example, I work out for 25 minutes a day every day, seven days a week. So you do the math on that, and it's nothing. It's like three, four hours a week I spend going to the gym, right? And so who doesn't have an extra three or four hours? So if you're, you're, if you're not in good shape, don't blame it on time. Blame it on the fact that you just don't care about your body, right? Don't blame mm -hmm. it on, oh, I'm a dad, right? I've been a dad for, for 10 or 11 years, and I can tell you I'm, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. And, and I'm able to manage those things because it's a priority for me. Now, you're right. When people talk about Tiger King, I don't know if it's popular, if it's a popular show where you're at, but you know, in the U.S., it's been wildly popular. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I, I, I think I've seen a picture of the guy. I've never seen an episode of Tiger King, and I don't think I ever will. You know, who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, I'll sit back and go, okay, I want to go see what, what that was all about. And so, yeah, I don't watch the news. I'm, I'm, I'm out of touch with certain things going on, but those are choices I make. I'd rather give that time to my kids. I'd rather give it to my business. I'd rather give it to my clients. But it's this, it's this idea of understanding that if you're doing an inventory of your time, now you are in control. Instead of the world being in control of your you, you're in control and you get to pick and choose what you want to do. And, you know, don't get me wrong. There are days where I procrastinate and I sit around and I get nothing done. It's not like every day of my life is perfect, perfectly orchestrated. But as a busy business owner, that has to be a key part of what you do is inventorying your time and then making sure that you're making decisions and actively spending your time in things, not allowing the world to dictate where you spend your time passively. 100%. I really like what you said. It's like, do you want it, right? We all have choices. We make excuses to justify things because often we like the idea of something more. I say this all the time. We, we like the idea of the thing more than actually going out there and getting it. People all say they want to make a million dollars. It's like, why? Because you want a million dollars or is it because you, you think you want what you're going to have when you have the million? And most people don't really work hard enough to get it, which is why I always love this conversation around like, you know, unfairness towards people who have more than others versus, well, maybe it's a reflection of the choices we've made, the focus that we put on things. Like people, you know, say, oh, it's great for you, James, that you get to live a certain lifestyle. It's like, yeah, but I don't watch Netflix. I don't go out. I don't spend these times on these things that you do. I've made different choices. And that's okay. There's no judgment, but then don't judge me when you see me flying business class to Europe and having a nice time over there. Realize that I made different choices to you and I sacrifice certain things. There's always a, for me, everything's a, everything's a sacrifice. I can go out on a Friday night, but then I sacrifice Friday, Saturday, working on my business. I can work on my business, but then I sacrifice going out on a Friday night and you got to choose your sacrifices because that will influence your future. And for me, I'm more future paced where I'm going to be. Um, so I'm choosing to do those things. Now that doesn't mean that I'm this robot who doesn't have fun, but I think that most people overestimate or underestimate how much they're actually spending time on doing those things and therefore how much they're losing of time. And then they justify it. And so then they say, my body's like this because of this, my life's like this because of this, my business. And it's because you haven't allocated the resource to it. If you were given $168 a week, you know, and 40 of it was taken for work 
48 was taken for sleep or whatever, what are you going to do with the rest of it? You're going to be kind of careful with it. It's the only dollars you get, but we yeah. don't get raised like this. Society doesn't talk about it. Like we, we've, we're focused on money and people are conscious of money. And the first thing you do when you're conscious of money, but don't understand money is you try and save it as if it's going to go up by saving because we can see it collecting, but we don't understand that every year it's less because of inflation and the needs go up for living and you're never actually going to get ahead, so to speak. But with time, you can't even, like you can save time by not spending it on something, but you're not c- accumulating it. I don't Absolutely. know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's weird. Well, and what it comes down to when we were talking about some of the things you're saying, um, it's interesting. The way I discovered this was I have a lot of employees and these are people I, I care about deeply. Some of them are young people who've worked for me for a long time. And as I started to co- compare my life to theirs, I was like trying to do a gap analysis of what it, what is it going to take for them to, to be able to accomplish the kind of success that I've had. And so, you know, I would find these employees who, let's say, started work at eight o'clock, which at the time was the same time I would come into work. And then I would ask them questions like, you know, like, what are you doing with your life? Are you, are you like, you know, working out? Are you doing this or that? And they'd be like, oh, no, I have no time, Armand. You know, I'm working 40, 50 hours a week. There's just no time for that. And then I said, well, what time did you wake up this morning? And in some cases at the time, I didn't, these days I have this crazy schedule where I like to wake up at four o'clock in the morning or earlier, but um, it's just because I've, 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 you know, taken my personal uh, things to a whole nother level. But at the time I was getting up at six and then they would tell me, well, I get up at six. And I was like, well, what'd you do between six and eight? And they would kind of explain what they did. And it was interesting to see that so much of their time was just wasted with this passive thing, right? So they would, Mm. they would get ready with the television on, and then they would sort of, you know, do stuff around the house and they would like get little things done. And, you know, they would maybe answer two emails and, and, and claim that they were, you know, getting some work done. Whereas me, I would, I discovered that if I get up and I literally set a, a, a timer for myself. These days, I don't set the timer because it's just become a natural part of what I do. But in the days, in those days, I would set a timer. I'd literally wake up and set a 10-minute countdown timer on my on my yeah. phone. And my goal was before that thing goes off, I need to be out of the house. Because in reality, what do I need to do in the morning? I need to, in my case, I need to brush my teeth. I need to put some clothes on. Um, I need to get my work clothes and I need to get out of the house because my gym is open and my gym has a nice shower, right? So all I have to do is get out of the house, get to the gym. And then when I get into the gym, put in my 25 minutes of working out. Then when I'm done with that 25 minutes of working out as quickly as possible, get in that locker room, shower, change, get ready, put on my suit and and drive to work. And I could get there often earlier than eight o'clock. I could get there 20 minutes early and and having already done my workout and, and gotten that out of the way. And in other cases, I would see these folks who then are showing up late to work. And it's like, well, what time did you wake up? Well, you know, I, I, w- I slept in a little bit, woke up at like 6.15 or 6.20 and that just set my whole day back. And then I got stuck in traffic. And, and when you look at it, it's, it, it, they wasted time, you know, snoozing, which wasn't even good quality sleep. And then they wasted time sort of getting ready because they had all this, this, these distractions. And then they pretended like they were working by sending two emails. Whereas I didn't bother doing that. I was like, okay, my work's going to start when I arrive at the office. And, and so it applies to so many different areas of, of life and business. Um, but again, it all comes back to understanding that, that you have to do an inventory of your time, just as you do with your money or anything else that you're trying to, you're trying to improve, you have to put some numbers on it. And I think as a society, we rarely think of, uh, of time as being that type of an asset that you can track. And uh, trust me, you can absolutely track it. Now, not that you have to do it for the rest of your life, because once you, you build some really good habits, 
you can just be hands off and you'll naturally do those things. Today, I, I, I rarely track these things unless I'm trying to make a significant change. But in order to build the habits, you have to be watching it. You have to watch it daily and often multiple times a day. 100%. Too many people <laughs> dabble. Too, too many people dabble in this idea. They'll do it for a few days. They'll track some time stuff and then they just kind of keep caught back in the loop. And I think that the the biggest influence on habits is, is who you're surrounded by. Like if you want to be fit, don't hang out with your unfit friends. If you want to be rich, don't hang out with your broke friends because they're not going to be able to give you the juice that you need to to get to that next level. And, and by default, you're going to average out with who you're around. And that's why who you're around is so important, but also the inf- more importantly, I think it's not who you're around, so to speak. It's the information that you let into your into your head and into your body because it's influenced also like you can live in your house but and have no friends but if you're on the internet on facebook trolling through the just absolute trash of comments then you're going to be shaped that way and because everything's sensationalized and algorithms work like that and the news works like that to sell advertising it's always pushing you towards it i think you have to actively be aware of time allocation to things that are not helping you to change your time allocation like that's the irony right like if you spend time on facebook and you get enrolled in this and in, in how to think about the pandemic or life or whatever you're ironically going to get more enrolled and wanting to do that and you're going to lose the time even though you're trying to shave the time it's quite funny the the key things that i'm taking away from this is passive versus active focus on what you're doing and so that you can be efficient with it because what's the point like we talked about with being intimate with your spouse. So I think that if you think about the extreme examples and you go, if I was being passive versus active, is this how it's supposed to be done? You know what I mean? Getting out of bed in the morning, it it needs to be active. The alarm goes, I'm going to get out of bed. And I think that a great way to do it, for me at least, is set my alarm clock really loud and and I put it on the desk away from me. Now I sleep uh, with my wife and my two kids We uh, in, in the same bed. And I don't want to wake them up. Holy crap, I don't want, to wake, don't want to wake up my toddler. So guess what? There's some urgency. Get out of bed, turn the alarm off real fast. And I could make it a lower level alarm and have it next to me. But then what's going to happen is I'm going to kind of wake up slowly. It's never going to wake my kids up, turn my alarm off. What am I going to do? I'm not really waking up. So I'm going to press snooze or I'm going to check Facebook or I'm going to do these passive things because I'm just kind of like, oh, this is enjoyable. I'm getting some dopamine. And remember, for everyone listening, apps are designed for you to use them. And how do they get you to use them? They give you rewards, hormonal rewards. Facebook has an endless news feed because they want you to keep scrolling. If there was an end, you would scroll, you'd get to the end, you'd stop. You'd wait for it to pile up, you'd go back. It's endless, so you keep scrolling because they want you there because then they can advertise to you. And people like us can then advertise to people looking at Facebook. So you want to be, you don't want to be, stuck in that 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 low level reward of the app instead start looking at the outcomes you're creating in your life and so i think that everyone should try that put your alarm clock on the other side of the room really loud so it's going to wake everybody up and you've got like 10 seconds to get out of bed otherwise the wrath of your spouse or your kids and that makes me now i'm out of bed i'm like well shit i'm out of bed i better go and do some stuff and i like what you do with the timer i do the same thing i set a timer for anything that i'm doing it's like i've got 20 minutes and the scary thing with it is when i do a 20 minute timer 20 minutes comes around real fast. Now, if it's an hour, I don't get prompted enough that, hey, time is progressing. If it's five minutes, it's too, I spend too much time resetting the, the timer. So I'm set on like 20 minutes. And for me, that's enough of a trigger to be like, holy crap, it's been 20 minutes. Three of those, it's been an hour. What have I done? And so suddenly I'm actually focused 
on getting it done because time's running out, time's running out. Now, I can hear people saying, you know, that it's going to make you paranoid and stress you out. Like, I, I want to be more calm when I'm doing my things. I think the, the balance is realizing that time is running out, but not letting that control your life. Don't live your life like, holy crap, time's running out, I'm going to die. But at the same time, live your life like time's running out, holy crap, I'm going to die. Because then you kind of will realize that, you know, it, it's it's being used. If your account was emptying every single week with your money, no matter whether you spent it on the thing or not, like it was going to be gone, 168 bucks a week, and it's gone every single week. But you can choose where it goes. You would do things very differently with your money. You would think to yourself, well, shit, I didn't spend $100. What am I going to do? Buy some new shoes, some new shirts? Well, I'm kind of trying to grow a business. Maybe I better put that 100 bucks on my business because I'm not going to get it back. Might as well spend it on trying to grow the business. And I think that that is how we need to look at our time. It's going to disappear. So you might as well spend it on things that matter, not random crap. This is so good. This is so good. It's interesting because the, the analogy you just gave with the $168 kind of reminds me of this. I, I got a call the other day from, it's funny because I'm almost never on social media, but I have my own social media that, that I use to promote my business, right? So I am, sometimes I'm on it. And so I was on it and I seen this ad for some wine company that like the ad caught my attention clearly. And I went to it and I apparently signed up for something that I did not remember signing up for. All I know is I got a call and they were telling me, they're like, Hey, we've got a, uh, you've got a $250 balance. And I thought they were asking me to pay them. And I was like, I don't even want you're talking about. I don't know who you guys are. And the guy said, no, 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 no. You have $250 with us. And it's now been 120 days since your last order. So we're about to just ship you $250 worth of wine. But if you want, you still have time that you can go in and choose the wines that you want yourself. And so it turns out I'd signed up for this thing where, you know, you every month they take money from your credit card. I hadn't noticed um, or I'd forgotten about it. And then when it gets to a certain threshold, they just then ship you a bunch of wines. But then you have a period of time where you can go in and you can pick and choose your own wines. So it's exactly what you're talking about with your time, right? So imagine you have this 168 hours in a, in a week and it's, it's sort of going into this bucket and you either choose actively what you want to buy with it, right? Or they're just going to ship you whatever you want. And that's what the television, is. that's what social media is in a lot of cases, is just people letting the rest of the universe dictate how they're spending that 168 hours. So my only job is just make you aware of it. If you are sitting out there and you're watching this and let's say you're a I don't know, you're a plastic surgeon or, or a dermatologist or CEO of a, of a small business doing something. And you tell me that you are going to actively make a choice to watch four hours of television a day, understanding that if your television is on, I consider that TV time. Don't claim it's time with your family when it's a TV, unless you have a family activity where you say, hey, guys, we're all going to watch, sit down, we're going to watch this one movie. And I've done that with my kids and it's been the best, some of the best experiences, right? But if you tell me I'm going to invest four hours a day in watching television and I'm going to do that seven days a week, I say, you know what? Good for you because you've now actively made a choice to invest about 30 hours of your week of 30 of your 168 hours in watching television. Good for you. You know, enjoy it. But if it's passive and it's just accidentally happening to you, that's what I have a problem with. Now, my guess is anyone out there who's super intelligent, when they sit there and go, do I really want to spend 30 of my 168 hours watching television, most of them are going to come to the conclusion that that's probably not a very good use of their time, right? It's about one sixth uh, or, or less, or I'm sorry, more than one sixth of your, of, your, of your day. Another way of looking at it is what if you invested one sixth of your life watching television, right? Would you be willing to, to live 15 years less, <laughs> right? Because really, if you're going to live 80 years and you're watching that much television, you're giving up 15 years of your life. So 
it's all about making that active decision as opposed to making it passive. And what's interesting is this concept goes through every other area of business and life as well, because you see business owners doing the same thing with their employees. It's like, I'll sit there and when I hire, when I get a new client, one of the first things I do, I say, give me an employee roster if they have employees. And then I go through and I do this exercise where I say, okay, if you, if you could snap a finger and, you know, sort of hit a reset on your business today for each of your employees, I want to say, who would you absolutely rehire? And you know that you couldn't start your business again without who would you rehire, but hesitantly, who would you not rehire? And who would you say absolutely is not a person you would rehire? If you hit that reset button and I go through and let's say they have 10 employees and, and they fall into these different categories. I say, well, the two that you said that you would absolutely rehire and you would do everything you could to retain them. I think you really need to do a performance evaluation for them and see if you're paying them enough. And then I say, well, these three people in the bottom that you said you would not rehire, what are you doing allowing them to continue working for you? These people need to be replaced. Like, do you have, do you have job listings or a recruiter out there looking to replace these people for you? But again, it comes down to that same time thing. So those three employees are just like television. You come in every day, they're sitting there, they're sort of doing their job, they're doing a terrible job of it. But because you're just passively allowing them to continue to work for you, you're not actively making a choice of, is this the person I want handling this area of my business? And what you find is, is months go by, years go by, and those changes aren't made. And uh, unfortunately, that's a big part of what brings a lot of companies down. Same thing with, you know, what sort of specific area of business you're in, right? So just because you're, you're in this sector doesn't mean that you go after all the same types of clientele. But questioning that and actively deciding where you want to take your, your sales and marketing, um, it applies to literally every area of business, making active decisions and then being happy with the decisions you make. And if your active decision is you want to keep a bunch of non-performing employees and you want to keep watching TV and you want to you know, uh, do all these things, then great, keep doing it, right? But I want it to be an active decision. I want you to put your stamp on it and say, yes, this is what I believe in. And if you believe in it, then more power to you. And it's probably a good thing for you. I don't know. I, I, I agree. And, and what I'll add to that is when you're then choosing to actively, like you're actively choosing to watch TV for four hours because you love a certain show and you love uh, being able to talk to your workmates about it, make sure that when you're watching it, you're active. You're not on your phone while watching it. And when you're talking to your friends about it, it's active. So you're planning to sit down and talk about it for an hour because I think that the the, the premise of being active is, is what's the most important part of this because we can actively make a decision and then be passive in implementing that active decision. I'm going to watch TV for four hours or two hours or half an hour, but then I'm passive when I'm doing it. Then it was actually a waste because I chose to have movie night every Friday, but I didn't really have movie night every Friday because I was passive with it. I'm choosing to spend time with my kids. I'm allocating an hour a day to spend time with my kids, but then I'm passive in doing it. And so I'd be better off actually just having have half an hour of active time with my kids rather than allocating an hour of it because I'm actually being passive and being 50% inefficient. So I think what I'm getting from this is as I learn this concept of the circle of focus, right? Like if I'm in marketing, for example, if I'm focusing on Facebook ads and YouTube ads and groups and outbound and a bunch of other stuff, I'm, I'm dividing up my, my marketing focus across a bunch of different things. I'd be better off mastering something and then outsourcing, automating or delegating and then moving to the next one rather than going as an individual, I'm going to do all of them. And I think that when you when you think about being active versus passive, 
in making a decision to focus on certain things. And then when you're doing it, the circle of focus will influence it. If you're 50% on your phone, 50% with your kids, you should have just spent half an hour with your kids 100% then pretending like it's an hour when you're 50%. Because then you could have used the other half an hour and been realistic with yourself and stop lying to yourself that, hey, I'm spending an hour with my kids. It's like bullshit. You're spending half an hour because you're on your phone. So you're 50, 50. Be real. Really, it's half an hour with my kids. Because that'll either you know, affect something on the inside and go, shit, I'm not actually spending as much time as maybe I should be. Maybe I'm lying to myself. I'm lying to my kids. Uh, and you can now change it. Or you can go, yeah, you know what? I don't need an hour with my kids. I need half an hour. And then just making active decisions. That's, that's the aim of the game. 168 hours. It's being spent no matter what. Like you said, which bottles of wine do you want to spend it on? It's the same thing. And, and we, we don't think about it like that. And people are going to listen to this and they're going to get real juice and they're going to want to go and do it. And then they're going to stop. I think that the, the, the mark of someone who's successful with anything is they, they learn it, they implement it, and they keep implementing it until it becomes second nature. There is the levels of, you know, the levels of knowledge, right? Unconscious, conscious, et cetera. It needs to be this, this unconscious, like I just do it. That's what I do now. That's who I am. That's what I do. Otherwise, passively, things will get in the way. And that's the irony. Dude, we could talk about this all day. This has been an incredible episode. And I hope that everybody actually goes and does this stuff and, and, and is active with it. Where can people find out more about you and connect with you online? Well, my website is titaniumsuccess.com. That's a great place to go for some resources. Um, I'm uh, active on Instagram. My uh, handle is ArmaniOC. And that's a good place to watch some videos that I've done and things like that. And then, of course, my book, The Business Bible. And then I also have a podcast called The Titanium Life. And that's a really great place to go. It's an audio podcast. Episodes are very short, somewhere between 7 and 12 minutes each. And, and it's something you're that's designed for you to listen to in your car, even at double speed, because guess what? I'm all about is saving time. And so you can, you know, you can spend five, six minutes a day. And I've got about almost 100 episodes that you can just blast through and you can sort of pick and choose depending on the um, on the area of life or business you're most focused on right now, or you just start from the first one and, and move forward. I would I would not start with the latest ones. I would go all the way back the way it is, is set up kind of like a series. So that's a great way of, of, of gaining some of the best knowledge that I have. Um, and of course, uh, everyone can always reach out to me on Instagram or through our website. And I'm always happy to talk to business owners who are really trying to do big things and glad to provide my guidance any way I can. Um, I, you know, I got to where I got because I had some incredible mentors and, and uh, I, I love to do that for, for other hardworking people. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dude. I really appreciate you. Uh, you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you. Great being with you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Everything shared will be in the description of the episode so you can go and grab that. Now, if you enjoyed the show and you want to listen to more, please subscribe because every week we're releasing new episodes with inspiring people, successful people, so you can level up your game. So subscribe and also leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback about the show and your thoughts and opinions there as well. Now, if you want to have more success, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your business, we run live trainings every single week where you can get access to me to coach you through everything from health, wealth, success, business, we're doing topics on all things that you need to live a better, more inspired and successful life. Live trainings every single week. Just visit jamesnielsonwatt.com forward slash live and you can get access to that now. There's also a ton of resources that you get for just listening to the show. All of that will be in the description. 
So if you are watching this on YouTube, check the description. If you're listening to this episode, check the description. We've got a load of resources there for you to have more success in your life, whether it's relationships, investing, or in business. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends because there's somebody else that needs to be hearing this and maybe you're their opportunity to help them level up their game.